0: I can't thank this week's sponsor enough, Podcorn. They make connecting podcasters with sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, topical discussions, and interview segments, easy as can be. I've been working with them for a while now, and they are by far the easiest way to monetize your podcast. They have taken what had been a time-consuming part of my podcasting process and have made it easy for me to focus on what I do best, and that's create. So if you're looking for a way to get paid for the hard work that you put into your podcast, then look no further than Podcorn. You set the rate that you believe to be fair, and then deal with the brands directly. There is no middleman. And at Podcorn, you will never give up any rights to your podcast. Their mission is to make sure creators like me are compensated in an appropriate manner. You can check them out on their website, Podcorn.com. They have packages for podcasts of all sizes. And again, I can't thank them enough for making my life easier. I've provided a link in the show notes to check out what Podcorn can do for you. Slow Burn Media and Bill Huffman present this week's episode of Who Killed with Nick from the True Crime Garage podcast.
1: What we have come to learn so far in our investigation that I'm willing to confirm with you today is that Honey and Barry Sherman were last seen alive in the evening hours of Wednesday, december the thirteenth, twenty seventeen. Neither of the two had communicated with friends, family, or associates from that time frame until their discovery on Friday, December the fifteenth. There are no signs of forced entry on all access points to the home. Honey and Barry Sherman were found deceased in the lower level pool area, hanging by belts from a poolside railing in a semi-seated position on the pool deck, they were wearing their clothing. We believe now through the six weeks of work review, we have sufficient evidence to describe this as a double homicide investigation and that both Honey and Barry Sherman were in fact targeted. We will continue to focus exclusively on evidence with whatever resources are necessary. We ask anyone to come forward with anything they may think is valuable to the investigation. And we, along with the family, are grateful for all those that have done so thus far. Thank you.
2: Sherman was the founder of the Apotex drug company, major pharmaceutical giant. He and his wife found dead in their home. Police initially investigated the deaths as a murder-suicide later announced it was a targeted double homicide. The family had hired private investigators to look into the case. That private investigation is now over. It's been fully handed to Toronto police, who say they're not sure how long it's going to take to sort through hundreds of leads. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media Podcast. As we were wrapping up last week's show, news was breaking about the Toronto Police Service stating they had zeroed in on a quote-unquote person of interest in the murders of Barry and Honey Sherman. Now, again, it was last Wednesday that they made this announcement and In part one, we had discussed the possible suspects in the murders of billionaires Honey and Barry Sherman. And what actually ended up happening was they had to release a statement to clarify their original statement. And basically they stated that numerous persons of interest have been and continue to be investigated throughout the course of this three-year investigation. The goal of any investigation is to identify persons who may have been involved in an offense or to exclude them as suspects, said Detective Sergeant Brandon Price, who is the lead detective in the case. Quote, the interest of protecting the integrity of this investigation, the Toronto Police Service Homicide Squad, is not in a position to confirm if a suspect or suspects have been identified. The search for the killers of Barry and Honey has taken on a significant international interest since they were found hanging in their pool area in December of 2017. And, of course, that was a suspicious death. And the basically, they had ruled it was a murder-suicide at first, and then a few days later, they started to change their tune and started to believe that it was a targeted homicide. So, again, in Part 1... Nick from the True Crime Garage podcast and I discussed the possible suspects in the case. And we only got about halfway through our conversation. So this week, we'll be wrapping up our discussion about who killed Canadian billionaires, Honey and Barry Sherman. It's definitely a short list. And again, I think it goes back to Uncle Lou's kids. It goes back to their their four kids. Uh, you got Jonathan. You know, He was kind of the the wild card in the family. And again, like you said, if it was a professional company and they were just looking to knock off Barry, they would have just left Tony alone and probably wouldn't have even gone through the trouble of doing it at his house and, and all that other stuff. Because I think if, if you're doing it at their home, which obviously it was done. And this is not to say that it does it takes a genius to figure out where people live. But if you are familiar with the home it makes it much easier to get in and out i mean it's just like you could be there unlock a door a day before and then you know easily sneak in the next day in my opinion and i just feel like that's a a real conceivable possibility so some other
3: possibilities are that this could have been a robbery gone back Where where I will push back on that immediately is, again, I'm going to defer to what the observers have told us, the housekeeper, the gardener, right. the realtor. None of them suspected anything was going on while they were already walking around and, and viewing things inside the home until the bodies were found. So there was nothing at the crime scene outside of that room to indicate that something crazy it happened that you need to go off into other rooms or other areas of the home to explore to find out what what caused this yeah there's no broken windows Um,
0: there's no glass there's you know it's just it it was a completely undisturbed crime scene
3: so you know that that covers us from the no forced entry you're going to go okay well well robbery you would expect the forced entry and you would also expect a, a messy crime scene or a sign of struggle. And we don't have either of those things. So so robbery, the the where you go with this, and people say, well, there's potential here. Why? Well, it's a high crime rate and it's a crime trend. One thing that you got to look at when you're looking into these cases are what was the crime trends in the area at the time? Well, break-ins and theft from these homes in this area were way on the uptick at the time of their murders. We're talking about dozens and dozens of homes in the area within months, within the last 12 to 15 months before their deaths, that someone or ones were breaking into homes and stealing jewelry, things of value, cash, whatever they could get their hands on. And in fact, it's my understanding that the Shermans experienced something of that nature or something believed to be of that nature where someone broke into you know the the skylight, the window in your ceiling, mm-hmm. basically um someone had broke in through there in an attempt to steal uh jewelry and and valuables from the home i've seen this statement several places, and I question this statement big time. Are we sure that that's exactly what happened? Is that in fact a true statement? I know where the suspicion came because the The reporters who are out there watching what's going on with the investigation from afar, you know behind the crime scene tape line they're watching and they're they're trying to infer as to what's going on. They see investigators on the rooftop on the on on top of of the Sherman's home and wondered what the hell they were doing up there and then it goes back to this uh potential break in through the skylight of, of the home at some point. I don't have an exact date on when that occurred. I question if it in fact did even occur or if it was an actual break in with theft, because we don't have the statement we have is in an attempt to steal valuables from the home. You mean to tell me that somebody managed to break in through a skylight to come through the roof top and lower themselves down into a home and didn't manage to walk away with anything valuable. I call Mm -hmm. bullshit on that one that, you know um, so I, I I don't, I don't, again, I don't see that as being a scenario. I think one of the most interesting things in this case is something that you pointed out with the security camera footage from the neighboring Mm -hmm. home, the spotting of this footage captured the image of a man, and a vehicle. And I believe it was like a, a car, uh, maybe a, a sedan mm. or something, but, um, police's statement is pretty much, yes, we've seen the footage. We're reviewing the footage. Uh, I always like the the law enforcement statement of we're still reviewing the fo- footage. That makes, I, I picture <laughs> like two people that are just locked in a room 24 seven watching it over and over and over again until they can come up with some conclusion. And it's been months and it's right. not happened. Um, that to me is telling that to me tells me something here, Bill, because this was the night before the bodies were found my notes. And, and forgive me if I'm wrong. And and if you need to look this up, you can do it uh, at another time and Mm -hmm. correct me. But the, the dates of the deaths I find to be, to be odd. Okay. We don't know 100% when they were killed, but it's, it's believed in that I have in my notes that, that they were killed on the 13th of December, 2017. That is interesting. And that the bodies were found on the 15th. Okay. Well, I don't want to double.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So just so, yeah, as far as that goes, as far as the, um, the, the day that the bodies were found were on the 15th. They died on the 13th. The video is from the 14th so right so this person could have okay go. i mean this person could have been going in and checking were they
3: scheduled to be w- was barry scheduled to be off of work for the holiday i know we're coming up on christmas the 13th excuse me the 13th would have been less than two weeks before christmas yeah. i'm i'm only pointing that out because if they were in fact killed on the 13th found on the 15th I'm certain it would have raised some flags that he was not at work on, on the 14th. And again, on the 15th, uh, he would they were found, I think fairly early on the 15th, like before, before noon, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, um,
0: a, it would have been a Wednesday that they would have been killed. And right. That's what I'm pointing out. A,
3: a Wednesday that they were killed found right. on a Friday. So he must've been scheduled to be off of work or, or maybe this was typical of his work schedule. But the 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 footage of a man and the car on the fourteenth, mm-hmm. and you said it was at nighttime after dark.
0: That yeah, that's what it appears to be. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I mean, we're talking Toronto, December. What it's got to get dark there. at, What five fifteen, six yeah, o'clock in absolutely. December. So this is well into the night, even if it's only ten o'clock. At, oh sure, at night. it's dark as it's dark as night. If they're killed on the thirteenth, why the hell is anybody there on the fourteenth? Hmm. Well, Are were they the... going back to rob the place, Bill? Were they going back to steal some more items that they didn't steal when they killed the people on the day before?
0: Uh, that's very. It's and very possibility, sarc- but I would. I hope you hear. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make n- sense there. because why the hell would you put yourself in that situation? I would say the most likely scenario would be this person is going and cleaning up the crime scene or not cleaning up, staging the crime scene.
3: Cleaning staging. If the person was, that's the thing. If they were smart enough and they had the, they were calm enough to be able to stage it shortly after the murders, Mm -hmm. then they did that on Wednesday. So The only reason, the only reasons you go there on Thursday is to, as you said, stage the crime scene, clean up something. The other thing too is if I'm one of those four people on that short list of people that that stand to make millions and millions of dollars. And and yes, I understand they were pretty comfortable before their parents passed away, before the, the murders of their parents. So they may not have needed the money. It's not a situation where they needed, needed the money. But if I'm one of those four Mm -hmm. people, I know that I'm going to be directly tied. I'm, I'm, I'm instantly a suspect just by proximity, just by, by proxy, by being the, the, the son or daughter of the billionaire couple. I'm, I'm instantly a suspect just because I'm related. You got to make sure is it in the back of your mind did I leave something is there any trace of me left at that home And you know what I can't I I know it's risky to go back there but I can't leave it to chance I can't leave it to chance I got to go back there The the information I had in my notes is that that the footage that was seen of this individual it appears that they were going to and three, from the house three, more three than times. once
0: second guessing. Exactly. Themselves. You're going back second to the car and you're themselves. going, wait a second. Did I get that?
3: Did I do that? Did I lock the door behind me this time? Did I, did I lock the door know, that I, I used off? to get
0: into the house?
3: Yeah. I mean, so I, I really just keep circling around the whole idea of you have a short list of people. And I think, I think that, you know, we talked about the hit, the hit, the interesting thing about the hit would be for me, if I'm going to pay to have this done, I need to pay to make it not look like a hit. That's why, you know, the people go, well, it's not a hit. It doesn't look like a hit. You don't want it to look like a hit. If if, if you're on a short list of people that stand to gain from from the. Yeah, and omission. if you want to
0: go down the movie route, all movies don't want you to make it look like a hit.
3: And but then you go, all right, well, if it was a hit paid extra not to look like a hit, then why am I showing up at the crime scene? Hitmen do not go to the crime do. scene. Amateurs do amateurs do that did not intend to kill anybody. And so what I think you have here is I think there's a situation where somebody was meeting or be unscheduled or what have you. Something went down between an individual or a couple and honey Sherman. And it didn't, it, one thing led to another, which led to her murder and then They went, you know what, as soon as, as soon as Barry gets home, he's going to know it was me or us. So I got to wait for him to get home and I got to do the same to him. And, and so that's what I think is interesting about this case is I really think that whoever did this stood to gain from it. That was, was a motivating factor Not so much for the homicides, but more so for the purpose of that meeting with with Honey earlier that day before she was killed. And I think that whoever did this, it would have been obvious to Barry as soon as he found his wife, who he would have thought was responsible. You know, we see it in Law and Order and on TV all the time where they ask the, the surviving member and say, you know, can you think of anybody that would have wanted to do this? Or could you think of why this happened? I think Barry would have had an answer. And that would have led directly to the doorstep of of the person that ended up killing both of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was, uh, like I said, a couple.
0: Mm-hmm. You think like uh, th- this was multiple uh, people that could have committed the crimes, is what you're saying?
3: Two people that have a romantic relationship. That's about as far as I'll
0: go. Mm. That's an interesting perspective. I I think that, I think you're right about the short list. I mean, we're definitely talking about a very short list of people that... One or two. One or two people is what I'm I'm saying here. <laughs> I mean... But yeah. But yeah the... Right. But the, the whole investigation is kind of like jacked up to begin with. I mean, it took them nine months to get DNA from people to rule them out. I mean, I think that's that's weird and then the fact that they leaked the information about the possible murder suicide and then 2 days later the you basically have the family fighting the police basically for and this is more so that i think happened in the in the last year that the police and the family have finally buried the hatchet so to say and are working hand in hand opposed to when the crimes first occurred, they literally were running two investigations. Like the family was running their own private investigation with a retired homicide uh, detective as, and then you had the police doing theirs. And if you look at what the police were doing compared to what the private investigators were doing, it's like the neighbors had to remind the police to pick up the damn video about the person that was possibly going in and out of the house on the 14th so who's dropping the ball here
3: science science science. Science, science 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 hello podcast fans want to get weird with us come check out the mad scientist podcast we are a weekly show that looks at the history philosophy and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions
1: did the government really pay for a psychic spy program
3: yes is
1: it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing?
3: Yes!
1: Can a roller coaster really kill you?
3: Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes. Yes! Mm! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Being a true crime podcaster, I research some heavy subject matter. But when I need a little pick-me-up or relaxation, I turn to Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a puzzle game you can play right on your phone, and it really is a blast. You will have a mindful experience as you move through all the different levels and face challenging puzzles. But Best Fiends is a fun, casual game that really anyone can play. I'm flying up these levels and I would not consider myself an expert. And Best Fiends updates monthly with new levels and events, so always stay fresh. Best Fiends won't take up much of your time, but what it does do is it helps you connect with friends and family while still social distancing. One of the best parts is, you actually don't even need an internet connection to play. The game is so colorful I find that it helps relax my mind, and the cute characters just make it all the better. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. I've had to deal with my fair share of anxiety and depression in my life, and I'm happy to say that there is now an easy way to get help. Because if there is something that interferes with your happiness or is holding you back from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can now connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient because it needs to be in our hectic lives. So go get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp really is there for you. They have 3,000 U.S.-licensed therapists across all 50 states. And guess what? If you aren't happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. There are even apps available for your computer or smartphone. So whether you're suffering from anxiety, depression, anger, stress, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem, they literally have a licensed professional counselor for you. And of course, everything you share is confidential. The best part is it's a truly affordable option. Who Killed Listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code WHO. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com/who. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Again, for 10% off Go to betterhelp.com slash who.
3: Well, I think that, again, it's it gets difficult in the sense that we we talked about lifestyle. The lifestyle of a billionaire and the lifestyle of of Joe Public are co- two completely sure. different things. And I think a lot has gotten lost in translation for Joe Public, who it, are the people that are investigating this case, regardless of it being the defense attorney and the private investigators or the Toronto um, is it Toronto yep. police department. So it, any of those entities are more on the side of, uh, of living the life of Joe public rather than the billionaire Absolutely. lifestyle. So th- things th- it's the minutiae, it's all the, all the stuff that gets weird is th- they've spent months and months and months reading over court documents and financial statements and going through account after account, after account trying to find their suspect on a piece of paper or on, or in these court documents or the, the link to victim, the perpetrator is at the crime scene. I don't, I can't tell you what it was or where it was or exactly what it is. That's, that's where you need to spend months and months pouring over and, and looking through and every, every little detail, you're not going to find this, this person um, in the the, pouring over file after file after file. Um, It's, it's that security footage. It's something at the crime scene.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I just came across something that was very interesting and that was, it's from a McLean's Canada uh, news site. And that is, Sherman was actually quoted in a book. He said, quote, for a thousand bucks paid to the right person, you could probably get someone killed. Perhaps I'm surprised that hasn't happened. He told author Jeffrey Robinson in the 2001 book, Prescription Games, Money, Ego, and Power Inside the Pharmaceutical Industry. That's that's unnerving. <laughs> yeah. Barry was a smart guy,
3: though. There, I mean, there's no question about that. And that's... uh as much as that is a inside look at maybe his understanding uh, of the world around him, yeah. you know, I hear, I hear on this guy that's created enemies and anybody can have someone killed for a thousand mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. I mean, is he also, is he also pointing that out to everybody else to remind them? I have more thousands than you do. And um, if it is that easy, it's even easier for me. So <laughs> uh, watch who you come out. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, he was a smart guy. He was, you know, he was um, cutthroat when he needed. Yeah, I mean,
0: everything I've seen as far as quotes go from people that knew him, it's like he knew all the angles. Quote, you know, that was basically he he saw an angle and he would take advantage of it. And that's not to say that he you know didn't gain enemies in that pursuit to be the biggest drug company or generic drug company in the country. But again, like you said, it's a it's a smaller. We're talking about a smaller group of people that had a real, real incentive to to have this person murdered.
3: If this was, in fact, a hit, which I actually—that's second on my list of of likely possibilities. But if this was a hit, this cost more than a thousand bucks. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh yes, deal.
0: this was a this was a six figure or million dollar type of a hit. If if this type of thing went down, because because one of the fact that it was. It confused the police enough right off the bat to throw them into a okay, this is a murder suicide, which then they didn't treat it as the crime scene as they would have uh, double homicide. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that says, you know, they they didn't vacuum up the crime scene where you would in a typical murder situation. And there was a lot of like loose ends that they didn't tie up that. I think for the family that, that frustrated them, but I think for the people that committed the crime, that was exactly what their intention was. I mm-hmm. mean, you you talk about if if you paid somebody to do this job, then they did the job right. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. bad. I mean, I don't mean it to sound like it was the right thing to do. I just mean they were able to set it up and be successful in their way that they were able to confuse the investigation and basically create a schism between the family and, and the authorities, because you have the, the authorities saying, Hey, it's this and we're not going to investigate that. And then it didn't take too long before they changed their tune. But again, it's hindsight's 2020. But if you look back now and you see all the, the differences between the investigations, the private one and the public one, there were a lot of missed opportunities, I think. And I think we'll eventually find out who killed these people. Um, But I don't know if it's going to be, I think it, I don't know. I mean, if you had to say one way or the other, do you see this case being solved in the next year or two since it's still being it's still actively being investigated, according to the Toronto police? And, and the family says, you know, they're they're thrilled about that, obviously, because there wasn't a lot of communication between them. And as, and as I mentioned before, they're working together now instead of, you know, being apart. Do you think that will help lead to potential re- resolution? Well, I think one thing that's that's difficult
3: too when we talk about the crime scene and 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 discuss that is there was evidence that of of bindings on Barry Sherman's wrists at yes. some point and those if in fact somebody did bind his wrist, those bindings were removed and never found at the crime scene. So that bindings would 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 push me more in the direction of a hit. Um, again, though, I, I keep going back to whether this is a hit or whether this is something that was reactionary that that went down. I'm still only left with a very short list of suspects and there, there are four of them and their spouses. So mm-hmm. um, do I think that this will ever be solved? No, I do not. I do, because again I think that unless they can unless they can get NASA or somebody better equipped to deal with that surveillance footage and come up with a plate, a license plate or identify the man or the vehicle in that camera footage, no. I think the camera footage is 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 your uh saving grace here. That's that's what you you're left with because I think that the the crime scene as you said was probably not investigated properly. They probably thought they were looking at one type of crime and it turned out to be mm-hmm. another. And so those those items have been lost. And then again, you have multiple entities spending months and months and months of time pouring over papers and, and court documents and reviewing computer files. Again, I, that's not how you're going to find the perpetrator of this crime. And, and if it was a hit, the hitmen are not talking. The people that hired the hit, they ain't talking. So you're not gonna get some barroom drunken confession or some braggart who goes out and tells everybody what that you know what they did and how powerful and tough they are. And if it was reactionary, the suspects are too close by proxy to the victims, they're not gonna talk either. They're not gonna talk either. Um, so I I'm not very hopeful in this case and and I hate to be that way. I hate to sound pessimistic. I try to be optimistic as much as possible, especially when we're talking true crime, real life matters, but um I challenge uh, Toronto PD, prove me wrong. Yeah.
0: And and you know the the idea that there were, I mean there there are reports that, you know, there was wrist, you know, injuries. That obviously would point to being bound and that would completely eliminate the murder suicide angle. But uh, it was in, I just, you know, was reading in January of uh, 2020, or gosh, it was, yeah, 2020. Um, the investigators, basically, the private investigators believed it was multiple killers, like you had mentioned before. So,
3: yeah, I, I see two people. Yeah. Um, for, for this to go down the way that I envisioned that it went down and that works both for the reactionary murder that led, that started off with one murder and then it had to become two or the hit angle. Either way, I, I see two, two people committing the crimes and staging the scene and look Toronto PD. I don't. I'm this is not me speaking badly about them. I'm not, I'm not, that's not my, that's not my angle here. I've seen them do very good work on complicated cases before I was impressed with the way that they handled the Bruce MacArthur case. And so uh, this is a very capable agency. They've shown that in the past and I'm hoping that they um, surpass my expectations here.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know i i do these uh episodes and like you have mentioned in previous shows that they just automatically end up in the media just because of some other reason but apparently uh m- most recently uh there was actually a foreign entity that uh provides so this is crazy so this is just 5 days ago so listen to this so, five days ago, some new t- details about the murder emerged about the day Barry and Honey Sherman were found dead in newly released court documents. The Toronto Stars has obtained redacted versions, blah, 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 um, It says, after the real return that two clients entered the pool room, da, da, da. We've already covered that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what the hell is the new information? <laughs> uh, basically, it's just... Okay.
3: A long-form version it's, of everything it's we already long, Yeah,
0: it's like they were fighting, the, yeah, like they were fighting they, the courts, I guess. That's how they sell you old news exactly. again. Exactly. It says after the realtor and the two clients entered the pool room, they saw something odd. And then that's when they... It says it was reportedly that the gardener who eventually got close enough to confirm the couple were dead. Then several calls were made to nine one one, including from the realtor telling police someone had killed her clients. So what they had released is uh, the audio footage of that phone call. Oh, okay. So um, it's it's interesting that this stuff is still being bandied about, and uh, there's still people fighting just for the, just for information from the authorities. And I know that's typical in an ongoing investigation. it's not like they're going to show you their full hand. We know this to be true in so many cases, but, um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you and unless somebody, unless one of these hitmen or one of these individuals who committed this crime do get drunk at a bar and start shooting off their mouth. I mean, that's kind of one way And the only way that this case really will be solved or they just find some digital, you know, if they're still working the case, then they find some digital connection between one of the kids and a certain individual. And they're able to figure out who that was, who was going in and out of the house. I mean, that's, that's the big question. Who was that person? Mm -hmm. And
3: that person absolutely was involved. Yes. Um, no doubt my yeah mind.
0: and if um, the neighbors didn't recognize you know the car it was apparently too grainy to make an ID of the individual so
3: the interesting part of that too though bill is that they say a man in a vehicle in a sedan so yeah they they clearly have not been able to identify the man or the vehicle or the or a plate on the vehicle but Apparently, the footage was good enough that they could discern that it was a man True. and not a woman. Um, and that it was a, a sedan. My notes say sedan I, I and not an
0: SUV or. Yeah, it's just uh, probably a Ford or a, pickup probably a Ford or car. And- the,
3: the thing that's disappointing from the investigation angle is with that surveillance footage, with that security camera footage, I don't know. I can't say exactly when they discovered that they had that footage and that they might have something on on a neighboring person's security camera but it would have been it would have been very interesting if if they had that right away and they didn't start using traffic cameras and other cameras throughout the area to try to try to figure out whose vehicle that was Yeah, because, because that becomes the other issue here is when, what is the time of death? We've not been able to, we've not been told what the time of death is other than it seems to be the general understanding that, that they believe are working off of the idea that they were killed sometime on the 13th. And obviously we know Barry, they both had appointments that day. So we can tell you at what time it was not, on the 13th. But, um, you know, if, if you're able to go, Hey, they were killed between 7.00 PM and 9.00 PM on the 13th, your list of suspects is a lot shorter than saying, well, they were killed sometime, uh, on the 13th or 14th and we found them on the 15th. The window gets a lot smaller and the, the list of suspects gets a lot smaller.
0: Yeah, it does. It does you know and it's it's interesting, like the some of the court situations that are going on at the moment like the like the one of the trustees for the estate you know they went to the court and they said, you know if we release the details because they've got all these freedom of information requests uh from media, and they're saying if we release the information about the estate, these people who are the beneficiaries are going to be put in danger and the court even actually went as far as, um, you know, to speculate that a criminal organization could have been responsible for their murder. So it's this, this is kind of like a, they're throwing everything and anything at the wall to see what sticks, in my opinion, at this point. And um, if it wasn't the family members, then what do you got? exactly you don't have <laughs> you don't have any answers yeah, yeah. so yeah. but it, you're right
3: the the range of possibilities is, is certainly larger than in most situations, given Barry's business dealings and his Correct. success
0: yeah, I think that that absolutely one hundred percent it just opens the door for a million different suspects if that is the angle that um the investigation is going because if you know you cross people obviously there's bad blood and all that good stuff but um this seems personal and i'm i'm a little bit more hopeful i think than than you are in this case i think that there will be an answer i think we will find out um sooner rather than later i don't think this is going to drag out for too long but then again it's also been two years so (laughs) who knows at this point right um Mm -hmm. but i do know that you've got uh, hell of a schedule and it's a holiday week so um if you need to get going i completely understand and i thank you so much for discussing this case unless you have any final thoughts on the murders of honey and barry sherman
3: my final thoughts are i i, th- I think i've covered where i i feel mm-hmm. the the case or, or who where i would be looking pretty well, but I do want to, regardless of when this comes out and people, when this hits people's ears, I do want to wish you, Bill, a happy Thanksgiving and everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving. And if anybody is hearing my voice for the very first time, please check out my show, True Crime Garage. It's a weekly true crime podcast. It's available anywhere you can hear Bill's show. You can hear my show and Bill, it's always good talking with you anytime especially even better on a holiday week so enjoy your week yes thank
0: you very much and i do say thank you to all the listeners for checking this episode out and again true crime garage is definitely one of the best true crime podcasts out there and if you haven't checked it out you are missing out one of the best shows so uh nick always a pleasure i thank you again for taking time out of this holiday week and again, like you said, it was nice to catch up on the holiday. Thanks, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. I can't thank Nick enough for joining me again on Who Killed to discuss the murders of Honey and Barry Sherman. As a reminder, I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Nick and the Captain drop their True Crime Garage podcast on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And again, anyone with information regarding the Sherman murders are encouraged to email the Toronto Police at Now, if you enjoy this podcast and the other shows that I produce, you can help support independent journalism by clicking on the Donate button on the left-hand side of SlowBurnMedia.com. That is slow minus the W. And you can also contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at Bill-Huffman-3 or via PayPal. Again, any contribution helps keep these podcasts running, and they really do help. Now, if you want to support the show in another way, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening right now. Those five stars help keep important cases like Amy Mihaljevic's, in the spotlight. Now, if you'd like to stay up to date on the cases I have covered, as well as the new shows I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. Thank you so much again for listening, everyone. And until next time, please be healthy and stay safe. ohiomysteries.com
2: I'm an American vigilante I have a question for you what would you do if someone you cared about was abducted taken from you Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? (sighs) Download American Vigilante now.